Like, who likes like, writing letters? People like, oh, some hands went very quickly up there, right? I'm not, this is not a volunteering section. I should probably should clarify this. Because uh, I... Like, I used to, when I was a child, uh, my mum and dad would, would make me write sort of thank you letters, which is a very good thing to do. But I had the handwriting of a five-year-old. So it was very... It just, it was really tough. But, but letters are really good things to do, aren't they? Because they, they convey information to other people. But, but particularly, if we were to go back in history, uh, they were really helpful because it was a way of passing information around... Uh, to people that, that could be handed on. So you could roll up your letter and then it could be um, delivered uh, to people around. It could, you could take it and, and give it to somebody. Now, over the last few weeks here in the main part of the church, uh, we've been looking at seven letters that have been written. Seven letters that have been written not just by anybody, but by Jesus himself. I mean, imagine that. Imagine getting a letter from Jesus. I mean, you'd want to like, kind of want to read it and study it and think about it, wouldn't you? Well, today, uh, we're looking at a letter uh, to a place called Philadelphia. Now, not in America. Nothing to do with cheese spread. Um, but, but rather, uh, a place uh, called Philadelphia, which is in modern-day Turkey. Now, two, uh, two fun facts about Philadelphia. Uh, one is, is that if you, this isn't a great map for it, but if you were to have a map, uh, you would see that it sits on the border of three other countries. It did back in the day, uh, of Phoenicia and Lycia and uh, Asia Minor. Uh, and the point of Philadelphia was, it was there to tell everybody about all things Greek. It was there to tell all the races around about everything, about why Greek and Greek stuff was amazing. That's a fun fact. Second fact, this isn't a fun fact, it's just a fact. Uh, Because they used to have lots of earthquakes, which is why I say it's not a fun fact. But it's a place that used to have lots and lots of earthquakes. And those two things, that it used to be a place where everyone be told about Greek stuff, and it used to have a lot of earthquakes, uh, will come helpful as we come to look at it. So now, Mike is going to come up and read to us about this letter from Jesus. So, Mike, let me hand over to you. So the first reading is going to be from Revelation chapter 3, verses 7 to 10, and We're going to be looking at the version from the International Children's Bible. So to follow it, you just need to follow the words on the screen. This is, as Ben said, the letter to the church in Philadelphia. The one who is holy and true says this to you. He holds the key of David. When he opens something, it cannot be closed. And when he closes something, it cannot be opened. I know what you do. I have put an open door before you, and no one can close it. I know that you have little strength, but... 
you have followed my teaching and you are not afraid to speak my name. Listen, there is a synagogue that belongs to Satan. Those in the synagogue say they are Jews, but they are liars. They are not true Jews. I will make them come before you and bow at your feet. They will know that I have loved you. You have followed my teaching about not giving up, so I will keep you from the time of trouble that will come to the whole world. This trouble will test those who live on earth. I wonder, what are these? So what was that, Nathan? What was it? Keys, keys, brilliant. What do keys do? Open doors. Well, well, they do something else as well. They can lock doors. Do you sort of think you can, you can uh, these are the church keys. So you could open the church, you could lock the church. Uh, you could do all sorts of, of good, fun things with keys. Now, keys were mentioned in our first little bit of the letter, weren't they? I don't know if you were listening. Uh, and we're going to come to that in a minute. Because what happens in these letters, because what we don't do is, when you write a letter, where do you put your name normally? Sorry, what was it? At the end. Don't you write, love from Ben. Well, in these letters, the name of who's writing it is at the very beginning. Do you hear that? It said, this is the one, this is the words of the one who is holy and true. But you're thinking, Ben, that is not his name. You're right, it is not his name. But it's describing who Jesus is. Jesus saying, these are my words to you, who is holy. Holy. Now, holy is just another word we might say for being set apart, uh, being special being the one who is set apart to do God's work. So these are words from Jesus who is set apart. Hopefully that will stay. Good. And also they were words of somebody who was true. And of course, what you mean by true is he's saying, actually, everything I say, you can trust. It's the word, they're trusted words. So this letter is from somebody who's set apart and who can be trusted. But he talked about these keys, these keys. And he said, I'm the one who's got the keys of David. What's that about? Well, David is the guy who wrote Fort Goliath. It's David and Goliath. But really what he's saying is, um, it's a picture from the Old Testament, from the first bit of the Bible, that whenever you talk about King David, it's talking about God's kingdom. So he's saying, actually, I'm the one who have got the keys to God's kingdom. And he says, look, like any keys, I can open doors and I can close doors. And if I open them, no one can shut them. And if I close them, no one can open them. And then he said this to the church. This is verse eight. He said, see, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. Now, I love a prop. So, one minute. I thought... As you can see, here's my door. Yes, isn't it great? There's my door, look, you see. I, 
did think about building something, but I thought it's probably not a good use of time. So, um, so I got my door. So he said, here's a door. And Jesus said, see, I've placed before you not a closed door that you can't get in through, but an open door. He's placed an open door. Now, now do you remember what we said before? Philadelphia was a place where everyone loved all things Greek to tell people about all things Greek. So when he says, look, I've placed an open door for you, uh, what he means is, you, the city that likes to evangelise about Greek culture, actually, there's an opportunity to tell everybody about Jesus. The door is open. It's not closed. And this is a really good thing for this church to hear, because uh, do you remember what it said there in verse 8 as well? I know that you feel small. I know that you feel weak. He says, look, I know that actually, that as a church, you feel pretty helpless at times. In fact, I also know that, that the Jews in the city, now what, he says quite strong things, didn't he? He said a synagogue of Satan. Now, um, for those of us that might think he's being anti-Semitic, sort of being against the Jews because they're Jews, remember that Jesus writing this is a Jew. John, who's listening to it, is a Jew. So it's not about sort of, uh, because they're Jews. It's because they're not following the teachings of Abraham, of Isaac, of Jacob. They're, they're not following God's people. And so he says, actually, to you, one day you're going to realize, Jews, that you made a mistake. And one day, uh, you'll see that I have loved these people. But now, there's an open door. An open door for everybody to come to find out uh, about Jesus. But I wonder, what does that mean today? Well, I wonder, when you think about your, uh, your school, or your workplace, or your family or your street. I wonder if you just think through all those people in your, your head, or all the people that you went to school with, all the people that you have worked with, all the people that you have lived amongst. And you, just, you might not know their names, but you can see their faces. I wonder if, when you think of all of those people, if there seems like there's way more people who aren't Christians than who are. I, I, it's for me. And it just sort of, I can't help but feel that actually maybe I'm actually a little bit small, a little bit weak. I can't help but feel that maybe, maybe actually it's really tough. Because most people that I know aren't Christians. Most people I know don't want to know Jesus. And so when Jesus writes to this little church in Philadelphia... He says, remember, there's an open door. Remember, there's an open door. Uh, remember that actually, yes, I know it's tough. I know you feel small, but you're doing really well. You're holding on to Jesus every day. Keep doing that. He's just saying, don't worry about the results. Don't worry about the number of people that kind of joined the church. Your job is to hold on to it. My job is to help people to come in. And he's saying that there's an open door. So don't worry. So today, uh, uh, as perhaps as we think as a, as a church, 
here at BH, but also the, the church in this country, and we feel a bit sort of isolated and we feel a bit small, Jesus wants to tell us, as he tells the church in Philadelphia, keep listening to Jesus, keep holding on to him, don't let go, keep walking after him, you're doing really well, I know things are tough, and even when difficult times come, like he says at the end, he says, I'll keep you, I'll hold you. And it's a really simple message for us, isn't it? But it's one that we need to hear. Jesus loves us. This I know because the Bible tells us so. Hold on to that. Whatever age or stage we are, every day. Because there is an open door and nothing can close it. We continue where we left off from the first reading, looking at verses 11 to 13. I am coming soon. Continue the way you are now. Then no one will take away your crown. I will make the one who wins the victory a pillar in the temple of my God. He will never have to leave it. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God. This city is the new Jerusalem. It comes down out of heaven from my God. I will also write on him my new name. Every person who has ears should listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. Thank you, Mike. So we've got a, a, a letter from Jesus uh, that's to this little church in Philadelphia, uh, telling them uh, all about how they've got to hold on, even though he knows they feel small and weak, but he's saying, hold on, because there's an open door uh, which can't stop you coming into my kingdom and can't stop anybody uh, hearing uh, about it. Now, I wonder, um, what, what is this? Oh, come on. Yes, it's a passport. Who's got a passport? Does anybody have a, a new black one? Ooh. <laughs> Especially, uh, well, more, more access, we're fearing it, more access getting a new passport, and it's been printing, so I'm wondering, it's going to be kind of on his, you know, a new, anyway, a new king one. But there we go. Um, uh, but when you have a passport, what, what does a passport let you do? Travel. travel. What else? Why does it let you travel? Oh. Who's, whose authority do you have? The, the monarch. The, yes, it was the queen, now the king. Uh, you have the authority of the monarch. It, the passport tells you that you're part of a kingdom, doesn't it? That, that's what it's saying. This is so Ben Martin, uh, British Isles, uh, Bay of Guernsey. Just if I drop that in. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so it's, a, it's kind of a, you're part of the kingdom, you're part of the British Isles kingdom. And so because of that, there's that, that open door uh, to the gospel. There's an open door that means that there's nothing stopping uh, you going in, and there's nothing stopping others going in. 
And to help this little church in Philadelphia, he gives them three uh, pictures. Uh, The first uh, is of a a crown. Now, when we... um, I know, it's good, isn't it? Uh, When we... uh, When we think about crowns, we think of these sorts of crowns, don't we? Like a crown that a a king or a queen uh, might wear. But I don't quite think that's the picture in mind. Because remember, this is a place about all things Greek. So actually, it's not so much this sort of crown. It's more this sort of crown. Uh, It's the crown that you would win if you were kind of a, a victorious athlete. Like the Olympics. So it's not a crown saying this person is royal... It's a crown saying, this person is victorious. This person's won. And did you hear that in our reading? He says, I'm coming soon. Hold on so that no one will take your crown. He's saying, look, if you hold on, you'll win. Isn't that brilliant? Look, there's nothing stopping it. If you hold on to Jesus, if you hold on to the good news, whatever happens, you'll win. It's brilliant. You'll win. Uh, there was a, uh, somebody was, uh, there's an old story of somebody who uh, was on their, their deathbeds uh, and they were saying, well, how are you feeling? And they said, oh, I've read the end of the book and I know I win. You win. Hold on to Jesus and you win. Uh, but the second picture he gives uh, is a pillar. Now, remember this, we said that this is a, a place that had lots of earthquakes and probably, sadly, because of recent events, we know that about the region. Uh, but he says here, look, um, you'll be like a pillar. Now, I, I really tried to think of a prop for this, but I struggled, so I didn't get one. Um, but you'll be like a pillar. You'll be really strong. Like the, the earthquakes will happen, and nothing will knock you down. Nothing will stake you or move you. You'll be like a pillar in God's temple. Nothing will shake you. Even though things might happen in life that are a bit shaky and a bit uncertain, you'll be like a strong pillar standing firm in God's kingdom. So he says, you'll be like a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will you have to leave it. Never will you have to leave the city because it's fallen down. If you hold on to the gospel, you'll be like a strong pillar in God's temple. But then uh, lastly... Uh, he says, you'll have a, a, a new name. You'll have a new name. I've lost my bit of it, that's fine. Um, um, you'll have a new name. So everybody who trusts in Jesus will be given God's name. Because really, when I have my passport, actually, that the most important name in it isn't my name at the back. It's actually the name on the front, isn't it? Because when I have my passport, my travel, it's as if actually what I'm doing is I'm traveling knowing that I'm traveling with the monarch's name attached to me, on me. Their name and their kingdom is displayed for all to see. And that's what Jesus says. It's like for the Christian. You're in a world, he says, which you feel small and you feel weak. You feel like you're the bottom of the bottom. Uh, you, you feel like nobody cares about you. No one knows your name and no one could care less about your name. But God has given you a new name. He's given you his name. He's given you his kingdom. A kingdom which isn't going to fall or disappear, but a kingdom which is going to last forever. 
So why is this significant? Well, it, it can be very tempting, can't it, to, to think that, that to be significant, to be important, to be famous, I've got to be liked by all the bigwigs. I've got to be liked by the people in society. I've got to be uh, fought well of by all the people in power. But being a Christian, that's just not going to happen. I mean, just look at Kate Forbes, for example. She's doing a fantastic job of standing up for her faith, and it's people are just knocking her. They don't care about anything else she stands for. They're just knocking her. It's really tough. But Jesus says, remember, there's a, a wide open door. There's nothing that's going to stop you going through and being with me in my kingdom. And actually, there's nothing stopping others going through as well. So keep holding on. Keep being a Christian. Keep holding on to the good news of Jesus. And if you do, you'll get a victor's crown. You'll win. Keep holding on to Jesus. And you won't be like those buildings that tumble down. You'll be like a pillar in God's temple that can't be moved. Uh, Keep holding on to Jesus, and I will give you a new name, a kingdom, my kingdom. So really, I think, here's a simple thing to remember. Remember who loves you. Jesus does. The one who, who left heaven born as a baby in a manger, died on Good Friday, rose again, Easter Sunday, ascended in heaven, seated as king. He loves you. He gave his life for you. Remember he loves you. And then live to please him. No one else. Live to please him. Uh, Hold on to his his words. Uh, Hold on to it. Speak it out to the world, not because you want to impress them, but because you want to please him. So whatever age or stage we're at, whether we're uh, not even at school yet, or we're going through primary school, secondary school, university, a junior in the workplace, a senior in the workplace, retired, nearly home, hold on to Jesus and you'll win. Isn't that wonderful? (laughs) 